Hi, this is Elizabeth, and I've listened to every single episode of the When Dating Hurts podcast. I have not been in an abusive relationship myself, but I've had friends who have, and it's good to know the signs early to get out early. Bill, thank you for all that you do. The When Dating Hurts podcast is rated one of the most popular relationships podcasts in the world. Why is that? It's our guests. Whether you're listening to subject matter experts or domestic violence survivors, you know you're hearing what you need to know. And that is the truth about dating and domestic violence. Why it happens, how it happens, when it happens, where it happens, and how victims become survivors. This podcast is a powerful way for you, your friends, and your family to stay informed and stay safe. Thank you for your support. This episode of When Dating Hurts is a follow-up with Mindy who asked to rejoin us on this podcast so she could update her survivor story. In the middle of 2023, Mindy appeared on this podcast as Becca, which is a name she created to protect her identity. But now, in 2024, she's back with us using her real name, Mindy. Mindy wanted us to hear how her journey as a survivor is going, and it has not been easy. But she is going to use this space to give us her progress report. Here is my conversation with Mindy. Today we're going to be speaking with Becca, who contacted me very recently and said that she wanted to do a follow-up. And I think this is the first time we've done that with a survivor who had broken up with somebody about six months ago. Right. Okay. So you broke up. And you and I had some emails back and forth and given me status and you, you stayed to it. So God bless you for doing that. I know that wasn't easy. And it's not like going back to this person would be great. It would be horrible. But still, when someone's been in your life for years and then all of a sudden they're not, it's just a big tease to go back and get with that person in some fashion, knowing all along you're just going to be punished for it anyway. You just know that you're attracted for some reason, maybe you're hanging on to some hope you had or something or some dream you had, never was all that great. You contacted me and you wanted to bring me up to date with how you're feeling about a lot of different things. And so I'm going to step back and let you speak. But anyway, I just want to say, Becca, thank you so much. You're welcome. So first of all, I want to go ahead and use my real name. And my name is Mindy. I chose Becca the first time because I have a cousin that had been in a relationship that wasn't healthy for her and she'd gotten out of the relationship. And I always felt like she handled herself with a lot of grace and I've always looked up to her. So that's why I chose her name. But I want to use my name and I'm going to use his name. In the previous one, his name was Josh, but his name is actually Wade. The reason I didn't do it the first time is I think it was so new and I was just I don't know. I don't feel like I need that anonymity anymore. You know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, they're probably either going through it or they know somebody that's going through it. I don't have that fear that something's going 
get back to him. And if it does, then, you know, so be it. This is the true story. And if somebody happens to know him and me, here's the story, they would have had ideas of what, I mean, they, anybody, you can see those signs, you know, so I'm okay with using my real name this time. The first time that I had spoke to you, it had only been two weeks since I had actually decided that I did not want him in my life anymore. And so it was really new. And the reason that I contacted you was because I really needed that accountability. I knew that if I didn't have some form of accountability, then it would be really easy for me to just allow it to continue to happen. And so I thought, well, this is going to give me, you know, more concrete kind of like accountability to be able to follow through. It really did make a huge difference. And the reason that I'm wanting to talk to you now is I kind of wanted to just talk about the things that I've gone through in these last seven months trying to heal and get over this relationship. Everybody experiences it different. And we've heard all these stories from people. They've gone through it like years before. So maybe now like several years later is where they're at now. Some people go through where it's such a traumatic experience just leaving and they have to go to a shelter and do all of these other steps to get out of it. So that's not really my story. I feel like that's an extreme case, but I feel like there are so many people that are in these relationships that maybe it's not that extreme, but it's still traumatic and it's still hard to remove yourself from. There's still that whole healing process. And so I kind of just wanted to talk about some of that. And maybe somebody that's in this position now, or they're still in the relationship and wanting to get out, maybe they can relate to some of that. And if it even just gives one person a little bit of more motivation, you know, more strength, or just maybe there's something I say that hits them just right, that helps them in their own way, then it's worth it. And let me say that people who are in relationships that are healthy relationships for a long period of time and break up, there's a lot of time before they feel like they've reached any version of balance or normalcy too. So yeah, this was not that at all. This was very unhealthy. This was like a pitched battle coming your way all the time for a long, long time. And so trying to find your way through the jungle of getting back to just you and how to walk and talk and breathe again normally and and not feel like there was impending doom coming your way. Mm-hmm. There's nobody listening to this is going to say, wow, why didn't you just get over it? I mean, of course you didn't. And but yeah. I, I just think it's great that you want to talk about it. So let's talk. Sure. Okay. So it has been seven months since I blocked him and kind of just got him out of my life. This wasn't the first time that I left him. Of course, like these relationships, it takes so many times of doing it. We were together. I had known him. He was in my life for eight and a half years total. That entire eight and a half years was anxiety and drama and just not at peace, you know, always something happening. There were so many other times before that that I tried to leave. And those times were some of them were absolutely horrible, you know, and terrifying. I mean, threatening to kill me, threatening to kill my loved ones or hurt them, just thousands of dollars of damage to my property, suicide threats. He ended up in the state hospital twice for threatening suicide. He would 
show up at my house, kick in my door. Like I couldn't even lock my doors because it was better to leave them unlocked because he was getting in if he wanted to, no matter what. At least with them unlocked, there wasn't damage that had to be repaired. So he would just kick in my doors. And so because of him, I got a security system because with the security system, he wouldn't because he didn't want the cops showing up. So he's the reason I got a security system, which ironically, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, you're supposed to feel safe and protection, but I needed protection from him. And so I got the security system just because of him. There were no other issues that I felt that I needed it except for him. I always felt like when he was in the same town with me, I felt like he was watching me. Like I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could really do much unless I went to a different town because I felt like he would know about it. And then he would somehow make me pay for it. You know, I mean, I I had a protection order against him at one point, which I foolishly dropped because I felt like things were changed, you know, all the false promises and everything like that. So which is, you know, one of the things that I had kind of regretted. But anyway, so I did go through all of that multiple other times when leaving him. This last time that I left him, it was actually fairly easy to get away from him because before that he had already been in another relationship with somebody else and then they were out of the relationship and we were sort of maintaining a friendship which I put in quotes friendship like I was his friend but he was never going to be my friend (laughs) that type of a friendship I had some pretty strong boundaries finally well explain that what do you mean by that I if he started to show that side of being angry I put a stop to it immediately would not put up with it, you know, and he was still in that stage of wanting to get me back and please me. So he would stick to that boundary. You know, I was a lot more firm. I was trying to maintain just like a friendship and he was trying to push it further. So he would want to hold my hand or put my arm around me when we were in public and doing these things to try to like claim me as a relationship with him. And I would say no, and um, say, that's not what I want to do. That's not where I want to be. He would ask for things. And I, you know, that I would say, not doing that because I'm not with you, you know, or he would try to put some control over who I could talk to, you know, and then and I would say, we aren't in a relationship. So you cannot tell me who I can and cannot speak to. I can be friends with whoever I want. When he did that specifically, who you could talk with, okay? Who was he trying to exclude? Was it was it male, female, everybody? Who's getting excluded? Mostly my friend that I have that is a male. He was super insecure about him. Didn't want me to speak to him at all. Okay. Um, you know, just didn't want me to have any sort of contact with him at all. That's when I would say, you're not allowed to tell me who my friends are and who my friends are not because he had before made it so that I couldn't be friends with certain people and I would have to cut them out of my life. And so I had said, that's absolutely not happening this time. This is my friend. You'll either be okay with it or you'll just not. And we won't have that contact anymore, you know? So I did have a lot stronger boundaries. And I think the only reason that I was even still there at that point was because I was still in that addiction kind of stage to where I felt like I wanted him in my life. But I also knew in my head that I sort of 
said to myself, if this happens, then that has to be the cutoff point. And the thing that happened, you know, there were like multiple things. If he breaks anything of mine, if he gets angry, if he, you know, jealousy, any of those things, I had like certain boundaries that I had learned from a therapist that if you set a boundary and they cross that boundary and there's no consequences for that, then it doesn't matter. That boundary is nothing. There has to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. And the best way sometimes to set that, con- you know, to have it is to write down, this is a boundary. And if this boundary is crossed, this is what I'm going to do about it. So that you know, when that boundary is crossed, then that's the action that you're going to take for it. And so that's kind of what I did. So I had a boundary where it was like, if he shows jealousy, that's like that intense jealousy, then I will no longer have contact with him, you know, or if he's angry, then gets like tries to break something, then I will no longer have, you know, those kinds of, I knew what the boundary was, and I knew what the consequence was going to be, and I had to do it. And so when he did show that intense jealousy, just because I wanted to go eat with a friend, then that's when I knew this has to be the cutoff. At that point, he had already, I, he already wasn't receiving from me what he needed. So he was looking for it elsewhere. <laughs> what do you think he needed from you at that time? He needs attention, constant attention, constantly being available for his texting. I mean, if I, I wouldn't, like if he texted me, I told myself I will not immediately respond anymore because I used to, when he would text me, I would immediately respond or pick up the phone to call because I knew that if I didn't, he was going to get angry with me. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't matter what I was doing. If it was inconvenient for me, I had to respond to him. And so I told myself that wasn't going to happen this time. I would respond in the time that I felt like I had to respond. It wasn't going to be a thing where I had to drop everything that I was doing and give him this attention that he needed. It might be three hours before I responded to his text message, and he didn't like that. He complained about it quite often. So I wasn't giving him that instant attention that he desired and needed. I wasn't texting him every morning saying good morning and all that. You know, he would want me to send pictures to him or something. He always wants things like that, constantly wants something. And Snapchats, like just anything. It doesn't matter what I was doing. He just wanted me to send him constant pictures, constantly having contact with him. I only Snapchat with my family my kids. I told him I'm not doing that. I don't have time to be constantly taking selfies and pictures and sending you photos. You know, I'm working and I work with my hands and I often have pain on my hands. So to stop what I'm doing and take pictures takes a lot of time. I wasn't doing that for him. There's just a lot of things that I wouldn't do for him that he expects and needs to be able to feel attention. So his thing, which I totally understand, but his thing all along was constant attention. And obviously this guy is a burden and you're having to deal and jump and do this and that. Now you have to kind of like write down the rules. But at that time, before the final goodbye breakup seven months ago, what did he actually supply to you? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) He was just there as somebody to talk to sometimes. Do you think it was fear of loneliness in your part? 
I think that I just had a really hard time, a difficult time letting go of people that I've cared for. With him being in my life for eight and a half years, it was really hard for me to imagine never seeing him and never speaking to him again, because I knew that's what it was going to have to take was to just have zero contact with him. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to think about completely cutting this person from my life that I cared about for so much, you know, so much for so long. That's a very understandable answer. Thank you. You're welcome. So because I wasn't meeting his needs, then yeah, he went and found it in somebody else. By the time that I had, see, he wasn't necessarily the one to ever cut anything off because he always wanted to keep multiple people in there in case one didn't work out, then he had somebody else because he constantly has to have somebody giving him that attention so that he feels so that he feels good, that that's his joy and his happiness is conditional on what other people are giving him. And so he has to have that from somebody else. So he's always looking for others. He doesn't necessarily cut it off with somebody. He just keeps them around. So even though he was already had somebody else that he was kind of working on, he um, was still trying to be there with me. So I finally, I got angry with him because of the going out to eat with a friend, his jealousy. And I finally just like told him I cannot speak with him anymore or see him anymore. So then I hadn't completely blocked him at that point, though. A couple of weeks later, he messaged me and wanted to see me. Of course, he wanted to tell me about his haircut and what he had going on. And he wanted me to, he wanted to come by and show me. And I said, I can't see you and talk to you. So he got angry and it was still like a little later, maybe about a week later. It was, it was June the 6th. I remember the exact day (laughs) that it happened. He messaged me again and wanted to talk to me. And I immediately said, I cannot see you and I cannot talk to you anymore. I don't know if you want me to say the last three words that he said to me or not. I would imagine his last three words were not all that pleasant. Uh, no. Wasn't like, for instance, see you later. It was not see you later. It was F U and then the C word, which I, I absolutely hate that word. And so those are the last three words that he's ever said to me. Just because I said he was all nice and kind in the message before. Uh. And I said, I cannot see you or talk to you anymore. Those were the next three words he said to me. And I blocked him. I hope that's the last three words that he ever says to me, because in my opinion, those three words are him. And that is him. That is who he is. And anything else that he says to me that is nice or kind or respectful is fake. So I feel like those three words are embodied or like an embodiment of who he is. And that was just below the surface. You know, that's the thing. It's right there. It's truly skin deep. Yeah. So that if he gets that one trigger that he would consider non-positive, that's what's waiting. That's we talked about in some of our emails that he represents a poison in your life. Yes. And just to allow a little sip of him is like a little sip of poison. And I would say those three words were more than that. I mean, that, that was a, that was a shotgun blast to you. I'm sorry yeah. about that happening. You know what? It's okay that that happened because that 
then I blocked him on everything. And once I blocked him on everything, it was so freeing to know that he wasn't going to message me. If he did, he was going to have to go all the way around finding like a new phone number, making a fake profile or doing whatever. And where he already had somebody in his life, he was more focused on her, you know, at that point. So he wasn't going around to doing all of that stuff because now he's got a new victim in a way, you know, that he's trying to a new person Mm, that he's working really hard to show her that he is somebody that he's not. Yeah. Mirroring all the things that she wants, being everything that she wants. And so, yes. And love bombing her, which takes a lot of time because he's constantly got to be talking and sending her things. Does take time and effort and sometimes costs money. I blocked him since then. I've just been working really hard on trying to heal from the things that he had left me with. But it takes constant work. I have to actively be focused on knowing that these are things that I have to to heal from and I have things that I have to do to get over it. You know, I can't just sit here and feel like it's just going to go away. I think you have to actively have a plan to get those things out of your life in a way, you know, or to heal from that and to be able to move on. And one thing you said in an email to me just very recently was that busy works up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And if you stay really busy with something and you're self-employed and you're traveling and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing what you do in your painting profession, and it's intricate. You know, it's not just, you're not a house painter. I mean, you're, you're coming up with designs and you're having to apply them. And just staying really busy works up to a certain point. But then at some point you sit out and you put your feet up and then the other stuff starts drifting back in. Yeah. Unless you have a, have a real plan in mind of things you're going to go to that are going to ward that off, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. I was working and busy and always doing something. And while I was doing that, then it was fine. But the moment I had a slow time or at night, you know, I'm going to bed or wake up in the middle of the night, then then all of this stuff comes back to me. So yeah, being busy is like a temporary fix to help you kind of forget and get through it. But you're also not healing from it. You're just sort of putting a bandaid over it at that time. Yes. So I was, I was really angry. Of course, you know, I, I, after getting away from him, I feel like through my whole relationship, I sort of put a lot of those feelings, I pushed them down and I kind of covered them with, oh, forgiveness and trying to understand and knowing that I just didn't want to fight. So I would just smooth this over or wanting to just not have drama in my life, you know, so you just kind of push those feelings of anger and resentment and sadness, you know, all of that stuff, you just sort of push that stuff down and cover over it with everything's okay. It's not a big thing. But then once he was completely out of my life, and no longer feeding me with pretend, you know, like being nice to me or whatever, making me feel like he deserves to be forgiven or making me feel sorry for him or anything like that, once that was no longer there, then those feelings all really started to come up. I just felt really angry with him for the things that he had done to me, and the things that he, you know, left me with. And it it just seems like I was angry, because it seemed so unfair that I'm sitting here with all this trauma and anger. And I don't know if you can see on my forehead, Can you see that scar on my forehead? Yes, I do. Scars that he left me with. 
that I see every single day. It's right there. Was on- that the one where he kind of like blew up a yeah. door jam or a door and a yes. piece of it cut you? Yeah. So every time I look in the mirror, I have the scar that is from him. And just all these mm. things that he left me with. He had no interest in taking you to the hospital either, right? He apologized for it. But I think that he only apologized for it because he felt like he needed to. I don't feel like he goes on feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I feel so guilty. I feel so bad that I did this to her. I don't think he even thinks twice about it. I mean, he even made a comment once about somebody they were, that they were pretty, except they had a scar on their face, you know, and I'm just, and then he looked at me and he was like, oh, but you know, and then he kind of went back on it. And I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know. Just, he left me with all these things that I don't think that he even thinks or cares that he did. And it seems so unfair that I'm trying to heal from that. And now he's in this relationship with another girl who has a newborn baby. He's always wanted this family, which he has a son who he can't see because of how he was. And he's too selfish to pay the money to get an attorney to try to see his son. So I think for him, he feels like he would rather just start over, pretend like that didn't exist and start over. So he's been wanting a new family. And now he has his family and they're even engaged. And so... How did you find that out? I did block him from everything. On Facebook, I blocked him. This is, how, this is the way I was feeling. I blocked him so I couldn't get messages from him, but I could still see his profile. And the only reason, and you may not believe me, but it's true. The only reason I wanted to see his profile was because I didn't want to see him. Because honestly, looking at him is kind of, to me, just feels like, ugh. you know, it kind of is icky to me, he grosses me out now because of everything that I know about him. So I wanted to see his profile because I wanted to know when his relationship failed. And I know that sounds incredibly hateful, but I did sort of feel like I hate to say it. I don't like using this word for a person, but like I hated him and I wanted his relationship to fail. And it didn't feel right that he was in this relationship and he was happy and he had all these things that he wanted. And I just wanted to watch to see when it ended. And then I'd seen that he was engaged. And and that was a turning point for me, sort of, to where... Turning to where? A good turning point to where it hit me in a way that I was so angry. And I was angry because I was mad because it's like watching a train wreck or something horrible that's going to happen and you know it's going to happen, but you can't do anything about it. I know that this poor girl, more than likely, I assume she is somebody who is kind and empathetic and wants to be there for him. You know, that's a good person because that's the type of people that he's always gone for. So I assume that that's the same type of person that she is. And right now she's seeing the very best version of him that he can present for her, for the things that she wants. And it scares me for her because getting married is a different level of trying to get out of a relationship. And I just hope that they have a very long engagement and that his true self starts to come out and that she figures it out a lot sooner than me because she's got this little girl. The thought of him putting another person through that makes me so angry. (laughs) It makes me like, I really regret that when we were together, I didn't press charges against him so that he had charges of physical 
domestic violence, destruction of property on his record so that she could possibly see that, you know? Yeah, background search or something like that, which costs you about $50 right now. You can look up a whole lot of things. You don't have to go get a big lawyer and spend thousands and all that would be sitting there. I see what you mean. So I really regret that I didn't do that because the way that it is now, yeah, he's got other charges, but he can he can put those off. He can like blame those on when he was using drugs and stuff. I just wish that that I would have pressed charges for domestic violence. So that was on his record. So right now she's seeing this person that is not who he is. It just scares me for her. Plus, of course, thinking that he has all these things that he was wanting and I'm still healing from it. You know, I'm still I'm still like I can't even like have a good conversation with a guy without thinking, are you who you say that you are or are you going to turn into somebody else in six months? It's just it's really it's just really I was just really angry thinking about those things, you know, seeing him engaged. At that moment, I did block him completely so that I can't even see his profile anymore. I don't need to see those things about him. It's only creating all this anger in me that I don't need to have. I can't say anything to her because more than likely, he's already made me into something that I'm not because I know I would be shocked if he hasn't spoken about me because he uses his past relationships as a form of manipulation to make his new per- his new woman new person girl whatever to feel sorry for him for me he told me his ex was crazy and that she cheated on him and that he had to pay for everything he had to do everything he did all the cooking and all the cleaning he that she was never there for him he made it sound like she treated him horribly and it made me feel sorry for him So then, you know, you see pictures of her and that's the image that you have is that she's this terrible person that cheated, that did all these things, but come to find out she's not. It was him that did all of that. I know that he hasn't told this other girl that he left scars on my body, that he destroyed thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage, you know, to my stuff that he cheated on me. He, I know that he hasn't told her all of that. So he's changing it into a way that she's going to feel sorry for him. So I can't talk to her because she wouldn't believe me anyway. Who am I? Some stranger that she wouldn't believe. Also, if I did reach out to her and he found out, he would make it his mission to destroy my life. I know that he would try to ruin my business. I know that he would find ways to post things on my page. And he takes little slivers of something that's a truth and he'll turn it into a huge lie that makes it seem so much worse than what it is. But there's a sliver of it that might be the truth. So then you find yourself defending yourself, you know, but then you just look like you just did that, whatever he's blaming you of. You know, I know that he would turn that all around on me and selfishly, I'm just not going to ever say anything. Unfortunately, it's something she's going to have to figure out on her own. That's right. Just like you did. Yeah. And so that also creates some guilt that I have to kind of try to get over and deal with. So there's all these feelings and emotions, but then also being away from him, I'll just be standing there and all of a sudden, something will pop into my mind 
that I'm like, that makes perfect sense now where it didn't before. My son had gotten this drill press or this tool for his, for Christmas one year from his grandpa. He couldn't use it at that time. So I kept it in storage for him. And it's really heavy. So it's like, this isn't something that you can just like misplace because it's super heavy to move. When I moved houses, I couldn't find it anywhere. It was just gone. This was like seven years ago that this happened and it was just gone. How did that just disappear? Never made sense to me. And every once in a while, I would think, where did that go? And then it was just a couple months ago, I was standing in a store and I saw a drill press. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, he would have stolen it and sold it for money to use for drugs. There is no other explanation. I know for sure that's what happened. It never hit me until like seven years later. And all of a sudden it was perfectly clear. Uh, that and all the time things like that just come into my head where I'm like that's what happened you know and then I just I feel like embarrassed that I couldn't figure it out before and everybody else probably knew it and then all of a sudden now wow you know all of these things are just coming together and it's making sense everything is so much more clear now because he's not there clouding my you know my vision you're finding out things were worse than you even realized, even though you, you would have given them a 10 out of 10 points for being bad. Yeah. If anything, it should have been 11 or 12 out of 10 points. Yeah. You're right. All of a sudden the light's coming on in your head like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you kick yourself all over again. Like, why did it take me this long to figure that one out? Things that are just so obvious, but I was so busy trying to see him for somebody that he wasn't. Other things that happen, it surprised me one day because I have I have an Alexa speaker and I was setting up some plugins that I have. So I was in my Alexa app setting up these plugins. When Wade, when we were together, he the first thing that he would break would be a phone. He went, I couldn't even count how many phones he went through. So when he didn't have a phone, he would call me on my Alexa. He would just tell her to call me and then she would call me and that's, or he would leave messages on my Alexa app. While I was looking through my app, trying to set up these plugs and all of a sudden I came across these messages and they were arranged from, I love you so much. You're so amazing and beautiful to I'm going to kill myself if you don't. And then like threatening me, it was just this whole range of emotions and I don't know why I listened to them, but I did. Everything came back to me. All of the feelings of anxiety, all of that. I just started to cry. And that rest of that day, it really had me like in a place where I was just on the verge of tears all day long. It was like a PTSD kind of a reaction. The anxiety that I felt from it. How long ago did you do that review? That was couple of months ago that that happened. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you close your eyes and you hear that voice. Yeah. Or see those words. It brings it right back to when it first happened. It'll knock you right over. Yeah. No doubt about My it. My dogs even have a reaction to his voice. You know, they, um, oh. he was the type of person that when he walked in the room, the entire energy in that room would change. My dogs would instantly be 
aware and on guard in a way. My little dog, if he raised his voice at all, or even if he wasn't angry, but he raised his voice over something else, my dog would go and hide and lay in the bathtub and my big dog would not leave my side. They could feel it all the time. And so hearing his voice again, you could see their ears perk up and then they, you know, it was just like, almost like they also had a reaction to it. Uh, like the house alarm went off. Mm -hmm. This brings us to the conclusion of part one of two parts with Mindy. Look for part two on the When Dating Hurts podcast. Thank you for listening to the When Dating Hurts podcast. We have been steadily moving up in podcast review rankings based on downloads in the relationships category. That means more and more listeners are getting the kind of advice that can improve lives for victims, survivors, and their families. If you feel we need to hear your story, do not hesitate to email me at billmitchell at whendatinghurts.com. That's billmitchell at whendatinghurts.com.